You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 139. Let's get to the show. Well, hello, 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 my friends. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. So much to talk about. So much to talk about. First and foremost, I thought I was going to be bringing you guys my my whole theory behind one year ending and one year beginning at different times than January 1st. And, and we will be discussing that. Make no mistake, I will be bringing that up. We just had the first tribal council on this this Wednesday where I really launched into the empowerment blueprint and how to organize your life into very clear and well-defined uh, rooms in your mansion of life that you're building. And then I broke down how to really dive into a well-formed outcome for your goals, for the plans that you have, for the life that you're seeking to create in your sobriety and recovery journey. And it's fantastic and so much to, to talk about there. And one of the things that I noticed as I start to really dive into this Really, it starts. It always starts. What can I do for myself to grow myself? And in the process of learning and, and adapting and, and applying and evaluating, I begin to run myself through all these different paradigms and sequences and plans and strategies. And it's just, it's a constant state of just where can I grow and evolve? And then I take this information and where it's been placed and, and tested, then I bring it to you guys and. The tribe, they often will get it in its most raw form because that's the benefit of the tribe. Everything gets run through them first, and then it comes to you guys. And uh, was that the original plan for the tribe? I mean, a year ago, it was just, hey, man, I'd love to get some of my most avid listeners and most avid followers and most avid people who are into their sobriety and recovery. I'd like to get them all into one area and just be a part of a, a totally immersive experience where we are there for one another and we get to learn, grow, and evolve together. And, and where it's ended up now, as I finish year one of it, um, I will not necessarily say this was my intention for it. It wasn't necessarily the plan where I saw it to go. The plan was what I'm not even going to say broad. Like when I teach well-formed outcomes, which is just really being able to step into a very specific outcome that you desire, there are times where I have specific ideas for where I want it to go. But I'm also very mindful of holding on too tight to an idea of where I want something to go, knowing that once it starts to really be built, it's inevitably going to go in many different directions. So... While the idea of creating the tribe around my online experience, around the podcast, around all of the topics I talk about, while that was very well formed, what was going to happen when I got everybody into this group, that was beyond fathomable. I didn't even know who I was going to attract, let alone who would be active and, and who would be involved and how well they accept the information and apply the information. And it's been phenomenal. And there's tr obviously still tremendous room for growth, not just within those members in it, and obviously for myself, but there's room for growth for people who would like to join and for people who want to be actively involved in applying this information into their lives. And this isn't going to turn into a sales pitch, but it is going to at least turn into a reference to how you can join the tribe. Hit me up on Instagram at Jesse Mogul at From Sobriety to Recovery. Email me if you like at from sobriety to recovery at gmail.com and let's talk about that. But that's there you go. There's my there's my plug and play. You want to join? It's not hard to find me. Seriously. I'm the only Jesse Mogul on the planet. Type in from sobriety to recovery on Google and just see everything that comes up. So back to the tribe. We're in this process of wrapping up 2021 and it's been phenomenal, the growth, the evolution that we've all gone through. And that's not to say that there haven't been um, 
solution opportunities all along the way, right? Formerly called problems, formerly called issues, formerly called conflicts. There's solution opportunities. And we've stepped into them as best we can with the resources we have in the given moment, in given time. And we're consistently seeking other opportunities, other information, other tips, tricks, and hacks, and things of that nature to move us forward to where we ultimately are seeking to achieve that highest sense of self that meant to be in our life. And when you sit out there and you listen to this and you hear me talk about the tribe and you will or will not want to join and you you obviously are doing other things besides the podcast, that's inevitable and it's hopeful. I I want you to be taking in as much inputs as possible and applying these things into your life so that you can step into your sobriety and recovery journey, um, not from a state of fear of what might trigger you to res- to relapse, not from a state of concern or worry or any other negative emotion that you think might set you off and, and trigger a relapse. I, I want you to step into a space where you realize that relapse isn't even an option because alcohol and drugs or sex or gambling or porn or whatever your vice might be, that's a thing of the past, right? It's literally, it's you from another version. You in, in my head I sort of see myself as, you know, having told drunk, wasted Jesse not only to take a seat in the back of the bus, but we've also, you know, locked him up into a, a little box and it's like he's there, he exists, and he doesn't mean he doesn't still have some level of influence and we're consistently watching for where he might show up. Um because at the same time, um we're not looking to destroy the old Jesse. We're looking to heal him. We're, we're looking to grow with him. We're, we want him to be present for everything that's happening in our new life so that any residual effects uh, of that trauma, of that grief, of that shame, the sorrow, the sadness, it can be healed. To say that we want to destroy the old version of ourselves would be to look in the mirror and say that version of ourselves was wrong. That version of ourselves should be shamed or, or pitied or destroyed. And that's, that's we're not looking to destroy. We're looking to evolve. We're looking to grow. There's a lot of things that I was able to accomplish, that I was able to learn about myself. There was a lot of resources that I was able to gather during my using days that are still very helpful now. The methodology that I went about living my life, constantly being drunk, constantly being stoned, being high on cocaine as often as possible, from 18 to 25, tripping and taking ecstasy like they were Tic Tacs. Obviously, that stuff is a thing of the past, but the resources I gathered, the version of myself that I became, that person wasn't necessarily always wrong or bad. It was just the medicine that they had chosen, the resource that they had chosen. And I keep saying they as if I'm a third person. Let me reel this in for a moment. The shit I was doing to myself was the best I could do at the time. The drugs and the alcohol were how I had figured out a way to numb myself from actually having to step into a space of healing the trauma that had led me to this version of myself that honestly was was so beneath where I thought I was actually supposed to achieve toward. I always thought that I had amazing potential. I was told by people in high school and college, man, you've got amazing potential. You've got these natural gifts. You just, you have an ability in a way about you. You're going to be super successful. And then I just never went off and actually tried to achieve it. Anytime that life got stressful or I got anxiety or any negative emotion came about, hit the bottle, hit the, hit the pipe, hit the straw. It was just my go-to resources. Now I have other resources. Those old resources, man, that's 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 a thing of the past. That'd be like using training wheels on a bicycle and then learning how to ride a bicycle without training wheels and then just putting the training wheels back on because you just want to be fucking lazy. We're we're beyond, we're so far beyond just choosing the lazy way out that it's it's gone. It's gone. And for some of you who are still white-knuckling it, you're still in the pink cloud, you're still in your very beginning stages of sobriety, or you're sober curious, I don't say this stuff to to uh, diffuse any enthusiasm you have for it. I'm, in fact, I, I think it's actually doing the opposite. I think for all of you out there, there should be a level of excitement that says, wow, if these people can achieve this, if Jesse can achieve this, then I can achieve this. We're not looking to rewrite a book here. 
We're not looking to reinvent the wheel. People have already achieved sobriety and addiction recovery for for days and months and weeks and then years and then decades and then half centuries. So because they've done it, you know that it is attainable. Therefore, you can just mirror it and match it, replicate it, check it for efficacy, and then reapply and then reapply and then reapply until you achieve what it is you desire. That's, that is literally the beauty of anything you want to learn in this world is that somebody else has already done something, at the very least, similarly. And then you just need to figure it out from there, right? And there's plenty of tips and trips and tricks and strategies in this podcast or in other books. It's seriously, this world does not lack for strategy. What it lacks for is implementation. What it lacks for is the habituation of the implementation and then the then the evolution of our application to a point where it becomes habituation. Man, I should write all that stuff down. <laughs> that I have no idea where I, that all that came from. That was fun. <laughs> there was a lot of Asians in that in that little portion right there, wasn't there? <laughs> so where am I going with this? Well, first and foremost, I'm not so sure I had that figured out before I hit record. <laughs> Well, what's important uh, for all of us to realize as we clear out 2021 and that we move into 2022 is that we have been taking steps forward in the direction best we know how with the resources we have. And when I begin to discuss this with the tribe, the theory that I run with, and, and I have been now for many years, is that one of the main reasons why so many people are unable to take on these massive changes that they desire when the new year flips the page is simply because they put too much weight and too much pressure on January 1st. Everything gets pushed to January 1st. My New Year's resolution, I'm going to quit smoking cigarettes. I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to quit yelling at my spouse. I'm going to quit lying and deceiving those that I love. I'm going to quit stealing from work or I'm going to quit being a, a mean boss, whatever it might be. We put a tremendous amount of pressure on January 1st as if we're just going to magically wake up that morning and be ready to take on all of these changes that we have so desperately decided we want to take on. Like You don't decide to make a New Year's resolution because you're happy with that area of your life. You decide to take it on because at some point you just thought, oh my goodness, I've tried so many different ways, or at least you've thought of trying so many different ways and have not really ever stuck with any of the ways. <laughs> and then you get to this state of desperation where you're like, okie dokie, I'm just going to wake up January 1st and that's it. I'm going to start. Well, that's... I mean, come on. Like, just hearing me say that out loud, don't you re realize how ridiculous that actually is? That you're just going to magically wake up on January 1st and you're going to change these, maybe at least you've come up with one. More than likely, you really have about four or five that you think that you'd like to do. But you don't really commit to any of them because in the past, you haven't really ever succeeded at any of them. So why commit too much now? So... Let's take the weight off of January 1st and just allow January 1st to be that transition day, to be what it was always meant to be, just the day after December 31st. Because in reality, as far as the sky and the earth are, are concerned, it is just another day. We say, well, it marks you know, the one-year anniversary of the last time the earth was in this general area around the sun. Well, yeah, every other day is also that same day for the earth. <laughs> the earth doesn't know it's June 15th or April 15th or, or January 13th. It just knows that about a year ago from this exact same day, it was in this pretty much this similar spot. Only we have tried to wrangle time into something that we can conceptualize and thus live our life by. The planet and the stars, they make no qualms with the fact that they do not desire to follow our human addiction towards time. Like, it is a human concept. The earth doesn't even begin to care about it. It's been around for 5 billion years, and regardless of what we do to it, it'll be around for another 5 billion, even if that means shaking us all off and waiting a couple 20,000 years for all of our plutonium to die out. It'll still be here, whether we're here or not. But we are here now, 
And so now it's time to achieve what it is we desire in this go-around in our life. So when we release the weight of the world from January 1st, well, here's what we're going to do instead. And we've talked about this. I'd be willing to bet if you go back to my episode right about this time last year, (laughs) which is funny that I referenced that because that's what I just talked about the earth being. It's uh, where we are basically at this same point last year was me talking about this theory that January 1st is just the day and it is no longer the day we choose to do all of the changes. What we're going to do is we're going to treat this like a 4 by 100 medley relay. That's the event in the Olympics where the runners pass the baton. And so here's how it works. If you've seen this event, surely the Olympics are popular enough that you have seen this event. So the first runner takes off and he gets up to max speed in order to get to the next runner as fast as possible. The next runner, when the first runner hits a certain mark, begins to run as well. So that by the time runner one gets to runner two, they're both going at a similar speed. And then the baton being passed happens so that momentum for runner two has already been established and then they can hit max velocity as soon as the baton hits their hand. And then this same process happens to runner three and then to runner four, and then the race is over. So our race started the moment we were born. Our race ends the second that we die. That's where the beginning and the end are. Up until those two, you know, now that obviously we've been born, or you wouldn't be listening to this show, and obviously we're going to die because that's just an inevitable part of being alive. So now what do we do in between, right? It's like you, I was born in 1976. I'll die, let's just say, 2076. It's that little dash in between the years. That little dash represents our, the entire existence of our lives. And each one of these years becomes this new opportunity for us to, at least through our Roman calendar ways, um, dedicate ideas and new theories and new actions and be able to compress them into something that we can manage to understand with our human brain. Everything follows a day, a week, a month, a year. We know what we're doing at 1 p.m. on Monday because we put it into a calendar. We love time. Time is truly what makes humans understand our world. Does a bear know what time of day it is? They look up at the sun, it's time to take a nap. Hell, they just got done eating a bunch of berries, it's time to take a nap. I don't know. They don't have watches, so how do they know when to hibernate? Instinctually, they move through their life knowing what needs to happen at a certain point in the day, in the week, in the month, in the year. That's great for them when they're not trying to achieve the things that humans seek to achieve. So, that was fun, wasn't it? (laughs) What the hell am I talking about? Man, I got straight up theoretical there. So, let's reel it in (laughs) because Jesse went Jesse on you. Third person Jesse. He's hilarious, isn't he? So, let's get back to my theory of the year because we're about 18 minutes in and I don't want to have you here till tomorrow. 2022 started December 1st. 2021 ends February 1st. The baton is getting passed from December 1st to February 1st. The 2021 has already been running full on for since last year, February 1st, when the baton from 2020 was passed to it. Now, starting at December 1st, this is when runner two, aka 2022, sees 2021 hit the mark and let's it now it's time for it to start running so that it can be at having forward momentum when 2021 goes to pass at the baton. That happened on Wednesday, December 1st. Now, for those of you listening to this show non-linearly, like many of you, then you could be listening to this next April 17th for all I know. That's fine. You can just jump in on it now and realize, oh, okay, cool. This is where the year is at. The beautiful thing about this is once you adopt this philosophy, you'll be able to use this moving forward every single year. And this really does set you up to be able to have that 
um, area of your life where you're like, okay, it's time to make some changes. I mean, you could do this with May 1st to, Ju- to July 1st if you wanted to. It doesn't necessarily have to just be the new year. It could be your birthday. It could be an anniversary. It could be the birth of your children. Hell, it could be any old day. You decide. You just say, you know what? April 13th is now my January 1st. And so therefore, March 13th um, to May 13th are now my new window. Seriously, it works any time of the year you decide you want to make it work. So here's what happens. 2022 sees 2021 hit the December 1st mark, and now 2022 starts to run. By the time January 1st happens, that's when the baton gets passed. Now 2022 has an entire month to reach max velocity, while 2021 is was still running damn fast, and it gets all the way till February 1st, to slow down and ultimately leave the track. The beauty of this is, is now when you want to start making changes in your life, rather than saying, I'm going to stop smoking, I'm going to stop drinking on January 1st, you can start to make small changes starting on December 1st that lead you to ultimately having the massive change you want in your life by February 1st. You can use January 1st as that road marker that lets you know that you have now officially started to adopt the change because science has shown or enough people have said that it takes 21 days to change a habit. Now, depending on how much you've screwed that habit into your identity and into your psyche, I honestly think that it can take longer to break other habits. And, you know, I think I've used this example in the past. If I were to electrify a doorknob and you were to go to open it up that door and it shocked the shit out of you, I don't think it would take you more than that one time to touch the doorknob to realize that doorknob shouldn't be touched. So certain habits I think you can literally break in an instant if they're literally going to mess you up enough. Some habits, though, we've told ourselves aren't that bad, and it's going to take a little bit more time. So whether it's 21 or 28 or 35 or 60 days, that's neither here nor there. The beauty of this philosophy is that you begin to start making those changes and start habituating new behaviors starting December 1st, so that by January 1st, you're feeling pretty comfortable with the changes that you've started to implement. The old habits are starting to be broken, they're starting to be left behind. Go back to the episode titled Q Craving Response Reward. That's something I'm going to dive in even deeper with the tribe here in two weeks to really make sure that we understand how um, our habits are, are cued within ourselves and that lead to the response. And we can know, is this a response I want to continue to have? Great. Let's strengthen the cue, the craving, and the response to lead to the reward that I so desire. Are we up, Are we no longer happy with the response that leads to the undesirable reward? Great. Let's change the cue and the craving so that that habit no longer seems advantageous for us to continue pursuing. It's pretty it's pretty simple whenever you break it down into literally four step process. So, as you move forward and you start thinking about areas of your life, right? Are you looking to have better communication with your with your partner? Are you looking to step into a new more emotionally intelligent way of parenting? Are you looking to be more assertive at work and take on more responsibility? Are you looking to change your job so that you can have more time and and, and location freedom so that you can have more financial freedom to do the things you want like go to your kids baseball game or be able to take your partner out on a date or go on a vacation? Like what is it in your life you're seeking to achieve toward? What is it you really want to change? And now let's start breaking it down into simple steps that allow us to begin to make those changes throughout the next 60 days. When you just accept this as the new way to move forward in the way that you make changes, you can literally set any date as your halfway point, and that becomes your new January 1st. Why people will continue going about their life doing bad habits over and over and over again, saying, well, you know what, I'll fix it January 1st. You're not happy with it now. Just do something about it now. When when I really started to realize how impactful the I'm tired of this bullshit, I've got to make the change now mentality really does work, was how I got sober. I had told myself I was going to get sober the day after the Super Bowl. 
and this was back in 2017. The Super Bowl was the one that New England Patriots beat the Atlanta Falcons in, so whatever Super Bowl number that was. But I'm pretty sure it was on February 4th. So I had told myself that I was going to stop drinking February 5th. Now, even going into that, I was a little worried that that wasn't going to work out as well as I had hoped, because usually I would get just shit canned on Super Bowl Sunday, like blacked out, wasted. And I'd go home, I would have tons of booze waiting for me, and then I would just proceed to get blacked out, wasted for the next five days. I'd call out of work, or I'd take the whole week off. I turned it into a whole blackout fest. It's one year in particular, I think it was the the Denver Broncos versus the Seattle Seahawks. I got blacked out during the Super Bowl, and then I proceeded to get blacked out for eight days afterwards, so much to the point that I kept coming out of my blackout and I forgot who won the Super Bowl. So I kept rewatching the game over and over and over and over again. And it took me a whole week to actually like come out of it enough to realize look who had won the Super Bowl, which was the Seattle Seahawks. That was not good. <laughs> and in fact maybe it wasn't here's what I do know. It was the halftime show with Coldplay, Beyonce, and Bruno Mars, because I must have watched that halftime show like 117 times. I watched it so many times. So whatever Super Bowl that was, that was the one. That's what my memory just reminded me of. So I'm rambling on about that because what came out of realizing the importance of just stopping when I knew it was time to stop, which is what so many of us have done when it comes to many things in our lives. But for some reason, the most important things we want to change, we we want to keep pushing off to a later date. January 12th of 2017, I woke up in a bathtub of my own filth and looked in the mirror and was disgusted by the monster looking back at me. And I called Kaiser Permanente and said, I need help. And it began this journey the next day on January 13th. I had planned on the journey starting February 5th and I'd been thinking about it for months. But that night, looking at myself in the mirror with just filth all over me and my heart just squeezing and my left arm going numb and I, my my skin looked yellow and I looked pale and I was just this this fat bloated just dying mess I just said that's it I, I can't I just can't do this anymore I just I have to stop and I have to stop right now or I may not even make it to the Super Bowl by Taking on that realization and stepping into sobriety that day rather than saying, you know what, just just push through this in the next couple of weeks and you'll stop February 5th. I don't know if I would have stopped February 5th. My previous behavior had shown a propensity to drink myself into a bloody stupor for a week after the Super Bowl. So why would I have not have followed that same pattern? Instead, I broke the pattern by just randomly choosing on this Thursday night that I woke up out of a blackout, one of my many, many, many blackouts since I had broken my leg skydiving on August 13th. I mean, literally, damn near blacked out every single day from the moment I broke my leg on. It was just the time. So let's just decide it's the time now. Right now is the time. And by taking these steps to start making these changes, right? For me, yes, I stopped drinking on January 13th, but really that was just my metaphorical December 1st. That was just the first step towards becoming the better version of myself. It took me many, many, many months to actually get into full velocity with my sobriety and recovery journey. Just like many of you have a similar story. It took you many, many, many months until you finally were able to settle in to what it was you were actually doing for yourself. So by having this metaphorical December 1st on my January 13th, and I hope you're following all the dates because I'm doing my best to not overcomplicate this, is that I took the step, but the changes were going to be coming rapidly, and I had no idea what was ahead. I just knew I was no longer going to drink anymore. I was no longer going to smoke pot anymore, because those were the only two vices that were left out of all those I mentioned earlier. So by the time we got to January 13th, I was ready to be done. So much so, and y'all who've listened to this show enough times know that I've done, I did this, so much so that I actually kept 
uh, 12-pack of Stella Artois underneath my bed, four bottles of wine in my closet, and a bottle of Jack Daniels in my dresser drawer next to my bed, and I kept it there for six weeks. Not to use, but to, to, to prove to myself that I was done using. Now, I by no means am recommending any of y'all do that. That's what worked for me. Some of you needed to clear it out of your house and cut off all your friends and throw away your cell phone and change your number. You do what you do you. I'm just telling you what I did for me. Looking back, was it the best decision? I mean, I'm here today, almost five years sober, so clearly it was the best for me. What is the best for you? No idea. You're going to have to figure that out, but it's time to figure that out. And whether you're sober curious or just stepping into sobriety or you feel stagnant in your sobriety or you're wearing different masks that hide who you really are and you're you're angry too often or you're deceiving or you're full of deception or you have self-control issues or anger management issues, whatever, 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 whatever it is that you're tired of being, today is the day to choose to be something else. December 1st was the day that 2022 started to run. Now 2021 has 60 days in order to pass that baton and and slow down and get off the track. 2022 has 60 days to be at momentum, to take the baton, and then be at full velocity come February 1st. It's an absolutely beautiful thing when you can take away the pressure of one particular day and realize that you're actually looking at this amazing 60-day window. It doesn't mean that you don't just stop drinking today. It's that you realize that the day you stopped drinking was just the day that the next year, and again in this little metaphor, the next year, started to run forward. It was the day that the next version of you started to have momentum old version of you stopped drinking, that's great, but there's still a lot more steps to go to become the new version of you. The new version of you seeing that you stopped drinking is immediately took off and started running. And now you're moving toward your 2022, this new version of yourself as you release the old version of yourself. It's just like the picture of the little baby being handed over the clock by the father time. The This year is old. It's ready to retire. The old version of you is ready to retire. You have already known that you no longer want to be that version of yourself. Step into the new you. The only person holding you back is yourself. Do you judge what other people say? Do you hold grudges? Are you do you hold anger? Or do you have animosity towards other? Are you drinking the poison hoping to kill somebody else? Are you uh, showing up late to appointments? Are you not showing up as the best version of yourself in your career, in yourself, in your relationships? Whatever it is you desire to change, start to make those changes now. January 1st isn't the day you start making changes. It is the halfway point to the changes you've already begun to make. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. When you can release one day having all the importance and instead spread that importance out over 60 days. And again, as I close this up, let me be very clear. It doesn't mean that you don't have that last day of drinking. It doesn't mean you don't have that sobriety date. It doesn't mean that you don't have that date where you decided to stop being angry all the time. It doesn't mean that you don't have that date when you decided to take control of your life and and understand where your anxiety and stress come from and begin to heal through that so that you don't have to live at a constant state of you know, being at a 10 with your heart pumping full of anxiety. It doesn't mean you don't have that date when you clearly say, I'm done with it. What it means is that when you've made that decision to be done with it, you now have this longer period of time to assimilate into the new version of you who is done with the old version of you. It is such a relief to know that you have a transition period where you can really begin to embrace the changes that you're making. For so many of us, we we put this tremendous amount of pressure that there's going to be an exact second where we have the epiphany that things need to change. And yes, there is that moment 
where all of a sudden a bell goes off and you're like, that's it. I'm done. I, I will not wake up in a shit tub ever again. I will not look at myself in the mirror and be disgusted by this monster looking back. I will make this decision to eliminate this vice from my life because it is literally killing me. But it was in making that decision that I literally stepped into my, the a title of my upcoming book. Great, I'm sober. Now what? Day one of sobriety <clears throat> was the end of day 17,777 of Drunk Jesse. That's not an exact count. That's just a lot of sevens. And you know how much I love sevens. So there you go. Now you get the theory. Now you get what we talk about over in the tribe. At least, did I ramble on about it for 35 minutes over there? Eh, hit or miss. <laughs> but the beauty of it is, is that when we start to make changes in our life, inevitably we're going to have an unconscious kickback in our mind because we, we feel uncomfortable with these changes. We feel like there is something happening inside of us. Our mind, our body, our spirit starts to say, this, this isn't normal. This isn't right. And our unconscious mind wants to, wants to pull us back in and say, wait, 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 wait. I get you weren't really that comfortable in your comfort zone, but man, we were a lot more comfortable in our comfort zone than we are now in our uncomfort zone. But that's not true. When the pain of continuing is greater than the pain of quitting, it is the time to make the decision to move on and move forward in your life. Your December 1st is that day to make the decisions. For all the things you've told yourself you want to change this year, it's now time to start incorporating those. Start incorporating those changes. You could start to wean yourself off alcohol. So by January 1st or January 7th or whenever you choose, all of a sudden you're like, I don't really know why this is in my life. Bye-bye. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Right? Oh, I don't want to smoke cigarettes anymore. So rather than trying to quit cold turkey, which, by the way, works really well if you read the book called The Easy Way to Quit Smoking by Alan Carr. Um, anyways, sidebar, Alan Carr, easy way to stop smoking. Totally read that. It'll definitely help. But more importantly, you could start to go from a pack a day and every other day you could cut one cigarette out and then you wean yourself down and maybe you switch to vaping a little bit. There's there, you, you get what I'm talking about. I'm going to stop throwing out examples because I could literally throw out 10,000 because there's 10,000 vices running everybody's life in this planet. Everybody's got a vice that is holding them back from their greatest self. You know what yours is. How can you begin to start making tiny changes now so that by February 1st, this habit, this vice that is no longer serving you has now been left in the past where it belongs? You have the philosophy. You can decide to make your, your halfway point whatever date you want and then start to make the changes now. And it takes 21 days to change a habit, 90 days to create a new lifestyle. So by, by day 60, you are full on into creating this new lifestyle. It doesn't mean every day is going to be easy. Life, life isn't built to be easy. It, is it, life is just life. Again, we've said this many times. It's not sobriety that sucks. It's just life that can suck sometimes. And it's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to not try to work on yourself to help you get back to okay. Your trauma isn't your fault, but it is your responsibility to heal it. I'm throwing out some of my greatest hits right now because we're going to wrap up this episode. And I want you to feel, I want to be the person who inspires you to find the internal motivation to begin to make the changes that will create your best version of yourself for yourself. And then vicariously, your loved ones will get to enjoy a better version of you. The world will have a better experience of you. And you raise the bar just a little bit. And if everybody raised the bar just a little bit, then the bar would be raised a hell of a lot bit. Rationalizing why you continue to live the same life you do when you're clearly not happy about it is weak. It's weak sauce. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. Stop placating that version of yourself who doesn't want to be pushed outside their comfort zone. Stop placating that version of you. And instead, send that version of you to the back of the bus, wrap them up in some plexiglass. We're not seeking to destroy them. We're seeking to show them that there's always been a better way. And today is the day we start to find that way.
For those of you who are on your way, awesome. Continue on your way. If there's something else in your life that's bothering you, boom shakalaka. Let's start working on it right now. You know why? Because today's that day. You show me a person who's got everything figured out, and I will show you somebody who is not self-aware enough about themselves to actually find the aspects of their life that are causing them strife. No one's got it all figured out. Tony Robbins doesn't have it all figured out. Oprah doesn't have it all figured out. The best athletes on this planet definitely don't have it figured out. Deepak Chopra doesn't have it all figured out. There isn't figuring it all out. That's not a thing. It's just not. If it was, then there would be people running around with, you know, if 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 somebody had it all figured out, then somebody would be selling you that program. (laughs) And they'd be called, in the program would be called, I figured it all out, how to stop sucking and be more like me. But that program doesn't exist. Even me, I constantly let you guys know that I'm that I have fallibilities. I'm always seeking to evolve myself. I do not have it all figured out. I just have a lot of resources at my disposal that help me figure it out a little bit more each day. Even Eckhart Tolle's got issues. The best of the best are still working on things. So don't try to hold yourself to a bar that doesn't exist. Look in the mirror. That's your competition. Who are you today? Who do you seek to want to be? Who were you this morning when you woke up? When your head hits the pillow tonight, have you worked on becoming a better version of yourself than you were when you awoke this morning? That's your goal. That's your focus. That's what should be important to you. Not what your neighbor's doing, not what somebody on Instagram's doing, not what somebody in your own house is doing, not not what anyone else is doing. What are you doing? Whether you want to embrace change or not, it doesn't matter because change is inevitable. It's happening constantly. So you can either just be a passenger in your life, watching it all happen, not really putting any focus on any of the aspects in your life that you want to change. Or you can just look at yourself and say, what is something that I'm just no longer okay with? What is something that I think about myself or an action or a behavior that I continuously do that's no longer serving me or no longer serving my loved ones, no longer serving the world? How would my life be different if I started to step into a different version of myself? What's 1% of my life that I could work on today that would guide me towards the next highest version of myself? Everything that you desire in life is on the other side of a risk, is on the other side of the unknown. Standing still no longer serves us. When we decided to step into sobriety and recovery, whether we meant to or not, whether anyone told us we were about to do this or not, doesn't matter. We signed a contract with ourselves to push ourselves to consistently seek newer, better ways of living that raised our bar, that helped our loved ones, that guided other people to see that they too could achieve what we were achieving. You don't have to accept this as fact. It's just happening. It's like one of the tribal members, I, I, I keep stressing to him, you're a leader in your community now. You're a leader in your church. You're a leader amongst your friends. Because of the things that you've achieved, because of the work that you've put in, people look at what you've done and they admire your tenacity. They admire your discipline. They admire the way you've gone about achieving the things you told yourself you wanted to achieve. Therefore, you told other people you wanted to achieve. And then you went off and you effing achieved them. Yeah. That's going to cause people to look up to you. That's going to cause people to start asking you for advice or start turning to you for, for wisdom. That puts you in a leadership role. You don't have to let it go to your head. You don't have to let it become an ego-driven thing. No, 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 no. We're not looking for the ego to take the wheel here. We want the version of ourselves that led us to this amazing life. We want that person to continue to have the wheel. But it's also time to look over at the people riding shotgun, you know, And ask them some questions. So they start to spark their own ideas. So they start to see that they have this within them too. 
because they're already looking over at you. You don't get to decide if someone is going to respect you. You don't get to decide if someone's going to look at you as a leader, call you a mentor, admire you and call you up for advice or, or want to have heart-to-heart conversations with you because they know that you actively listen and you ask really good questions. You don't get to decide if all of those things happen. You certainly get to behave in a manner that would imply that you want to be that kind of person in their life. Most of the time, we just start to behave that way because we want to imply to ourselves that we want to be that version of ourselves in our own life. <laughs> Is this sounding like a riddle now? But when you when you go back to the very beginning of what I just said about this leadership stuff is that as you begin to take on more responsibility in your own life and you begin to focus on the things that you want to change in your own life, what you pay attention to and what you set your attention upon will get better. It's just a fact of life. If you pay attention and set intention, then it gets better. Now, whatever better is, that's un- that's undefinable by me on a headset sitting in my bedroom in Huntsville. I can't define that for you, but I certainly can let you know that you can define it for yourself. But your self-awareness needs to be lit enough that you're actually paying attention. Because as you start to improve these areas of your life, people will notice. And the more people who notice, the more people who will begin to turn to you, if for nothing else, just for inspiration. See, I'm a big believer that I can't motivate you to do anything, but I can say things that will inspire you to find your internal motivation. I believe inspiration is external. I believe motivation is internal. So that's why I would never call myself a motivational speaker because I can't be that internal voice for you. That's your job to be your internal voice for yourself. And as you begin to achieve the things that you've always desired in your life, others are going to want to know how you did it. And the moment they start to look at you like someone who has achieved something that they desire, then they're going to start to look at you as a leader. And it's not a bad thing. It doesn't put you in a spot where you have to be infallible, where you have to be perfect. Leaders aren't infallible. Leaders aren't perfect. And the ones who act like they are, are bad leaders. The best leaders are the ones who speak from the heart, ask questions, take all the information in that they can, and then make a wise decision that can move the entire plan forward. If you want to start looking at this in military terms, then we might start to get into some gray areas there, because obviously if you're taking advice from everybody before you you hit the beaches at D-Day, then you might not have a very well thought out plan. But when we're talking about leading a group of people or leading ourselves or leading a meeting or leading a tribe or leading listeners of a podcast, Right, I get inputs from a lot of varying places, but ultimately I'm going to be the one who decides where the podcast goes, where the tribe goes. I'm going to be the one who implements new strategies, new practices, new plans. I will create the framework. But the influence the tribe has on me and the influence the tribe has on others, I can't control that. I can embrace it and be flexible about what's going on, knowing that it's all happening for a reason, that the universe is manifesting and guiding me in a way that will lead me to where I've desired to go for quite some time now. To freak out and stress out about if everything's happening perfectly and if I'm saying the right thing and what happens if something I say triggers somebody, I don't control what triggers you, you do. And if you think anger and resentment or jealousy or betrayal or something else out there is going to cause you to start drinking, then you're already releasing your own power to an external device. And that's bullshit. Nothing that happens in your world will make you drink. You are the one who picks up the beer. You're the one who picks up the pipe. You're the one who picks up the straw. There are lots of people out there who can be angry or be jealous or have anxiety or have stress that don't immediately turn to addictive vices to handle it. There are a lot of people who do, but we don't we don't subscribe to that mentality anymore. We're going to show the world that there are better ways to handle negative emotions and by doing so, they'll start to take notice. And the more people who take notice, the more people who are going to want to ask us how we're doing it and then we can share our knowledge with them. I'll leave you on this. There's a really cool 
quote that I came across, and I think it's on my Instagram, where it says, like, you know, I came out of the fire with buckets in order to help put your fire out. I totally just butchered that. I'm paraphrasing the hell out of it. But the idea was is that those of us who come out of the fire, and now we've learned how to come out of the fire, we go grab some buckets of water to help other people get out of the fire. But the way we get out of the fire isn't perfect. And the, and the way it worked for us doesn't necessarily work for everybody else. But someone can definitely ask us and listen and take the advice or take the opinion. And then they can go off and draw their own conclusions and they can create their own version of sobriety and recovery. There is no one way to get sober and to step into addiction recovery. There are thousands of millions of different ways. Next week, or at least not even next week, I'm going to do another episode in a couple of days because I went to celebrate recovery recently. And I'm not much of a Jesus guy. You all know that about me. But I definitely enjoyed this. And it was super cool. And they framed some stuff in a way that I had not heard before. And I'm going to bring that to you in the next episode. So I'm just dropping a little cliffhanger on you right there. So we're going to get you out of here, guys. Know this that December 1st was the day that we started our new strategy. We're, we're, we're laying out a plan with the tribe. We're really stepping into organizing our life into a nice little rooms of our own McMansion. We're really laying out a, a way to develop goals very well formed so we know exactly what the outcome we want. And then we're going to start to break it down um, into how to map it all out and organize it so each day you're taking a step forward. We're going to be discussing how habits are made so that we can better break old habits and create new habits that more you know, better serve our more desired states. It's pretty intense. And uh, in a, in a loving, awesome way. I, I think it's one of the one of the coolest things that I've come up with this year, and I think I've come up with some pretty fun stuff. So that's it. Um, whoa, I got into 50 minutes. I told the tribe I was probably going to go a little long today. So if you've made it to the end of the podcast, thank you. I really appreciate all of you that listen. Um, I will discuss some of the some of the metrics that you guys have helped me achieve this year um, on the New Year's episode. But let me just say that um, I had never in a million years thought that I would rank uh, top five on Spotify for mental health podcasts. But I achieved that for quite a long time over the last uh, year and a half or so while the pandemic's been going on, which is both exhilarating to know that so many people connect to my material. It's also a super bummer to realize that uh, my listenership spiked dramatically when uh, the third and fourth month of the pandemic hit, which tells me a lot of people uh, dove themselves deep into the bottle at the beginning of the pandemic. And by about July-ish, we're starting to look for ways out of the hole. So um, it's both exhilarating and a bit of a bummer. So it's one of those those weird paradigms where you're super happy, but also sad at the same time. Um, But anyways, as always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives. Because we wake up sober. Shout out to Sunshine. Glow on. See y'all next week. Bye-bye.